This morning, uh, we're going to continue with our um, kind of our theme for this month, which is to uh, to hear from different gifts that are in this body that God has placed in this body for this season, for this time. And uh, when I first uh, spoke with uh, John about this, I I really felt that God gave us a wonderful gift, and that was Jesus. And uh, and you know, without Christ, we would. We would be in a world of hurt today. We would be in a world of sin and thank God for him coming and delivering us. And and it also, uh, years ago when I was in Tulsa as a single mom and my life was just really in a troubled place, um, a young lady, I worked in the medical school there. It was the only, it was the beginnings of the medical school at ORU. And I just happened to be in a position where I was in an office where I had those 20 medical students who came to me because they hadn't really brought all of the personnel into that department. And there was one young lady that came in one day, and she gave me this little card that she had made me. Uh, she, I'd never had anybody make a card for me before, and uh, I still have it. It's beautiful. And, uh, and it said, every good and perfect gift comes is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning. And uh, she said, I just want you to know that you are a gift. And, you know, at that time in my life, <laughs> I thought, well, if this is a gift, nobody's going to want to unwrap this one. Hallelujah. <laughs> this one is confused and messed up. But, uh, you know, I just appreciated that word. It, it encouraged me. And, uh, and, and so that was in the beginnings of God changing my life. Uh, even though I knew the Lord, even though I was filled with the Holy Ghost, I just had a lot of things in my life, a lot of hurt, a lot of situations, and I didn't really believe that I could ever be anything, especially the thought of being anything for the Lord was like not even a thought at that time. But that that card meant a lot to me, and over the years, I've learned that if we can appreciate people for who God made them to be, not who we think they ought to be, and not trying to put them in a position where we can adapt to them easier. You know, uh, it says that women are adaptable, but that's adaptable in that we adapt to where people are, not where we'd like them to be, and not trying to get them where we want them to be. And so uh, in ministry, I've found that unity is the greatest gift of the church. I mean, if you have no unity, um, I've seen many ministries uh, really torn apart by disunity. And some of that is just from not understanding and knowing the giftings that are in people. And certainly we all grow in our giftings. You know, there's, a, you know, immaturity and we grow. But when you when you let everybody who has a gifting and they begin to mature in their gifting and have it under the control of the Holy Spirit, that becomes a vital part to the whole. And, you know, our purpose in this church is to help people grow in their giftings so that they're in a position where they become mature. And then in that gifting, they don't think everybody has to be like them. You know, they too can function because they recognize that, you know, they're not the star. They're a part of a team that God puts together. And that's why in the word of God, it says that we need all the gifts. We need everybody, but it says we need everybody functioning. Everybody say functioning. And that means functioning fully. And if you read Ephesians 4, that's the, that's the purpose of the pastors, the fivefold gifting, is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. But it says till we all come to unity and we all begin to flow in the giftings that God has for us. And when that happens, then there's a tremendous anointing of God that can take place in people's lives. And so I felt to do that this month. We had, um, we had well, John was the first Sunday uh, 
of what you would call Advent, the beginning, the four weeks before Christmas. And, uh, and then last Wednesday night was Lori, uh, our daughter. And, and then today we have four people sharing next. Uh, this Tomorrow is Pastor Bill and I have no idea what he's going to do. I just can't tell you. He said, do you have an outline? I said, yes. But that doesn't mean anything, hallelujah. But So he'll be with me tomorrow. And then Wednesday next week will be Elizabeth. Uh, we'll be sharing. And then the following Sunday, of course, will be our Christmas uh, time message that we're going to share with some of the younger children. And then the following Wednesday will be Corey. And, uh, and so I invite you not to miss any of those. If, you don't, if you're not here, you can listen online. But I believe that this scripture, every good and perfect gift, is from above. I believe the people that God has placed as leadership in this church are gifts to our body. And uh, so I believe today, as you hear from them, you will be blessed. And uh, my sister, I'm going to have her start because uh, she wanted to be first. Uh, and <laughs> and uh, she said, although I have a sermon for to be second or third or fourth. So I thought, well... Lord, show me who's supposed to go, go first, and I think it would be her. Hallelujah. And uh, so uh, please welcome. This is my sister, Chris. She is also the children's pastor and uh, helps in the office. And, and truly, I believe you'll get to see what a blessing it is to travel with her out of the country. Hallelujah. Or anywhere else she travels with me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. They're never the same, are they? Hallelujah. Well, she asked what the title of our message was. I don't have a title, so my title is going to be A Word Fitly Spoken is Like an Apple. Okay, here we go. I've heard several sermons this week, girls, but this one really ministered to me. So if it ministered to me, it will minister to you because he's no respecter of persons, right? And it has to do with, if you'll turn to Ephesians chapter 3, Pastor Pam is shared this prayer with us that she, when she was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, prayed this prayer. God showed you this prayer. Isn't that right, Pastor Pam? To pray. And this is a wonderful prayer. You know, a lot of times they say prayer and when pray, pray, pray. And you know, a lot of times uh, I never felt adequate in my prayers, but I read, uh, you know, God hears your every prayer. It can be a simple, short, three-line prayer. He hears everything. You know, I, 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 women, we, we start to compare, don't we? You don't ever, that's a trick from the pit of hell. Don't compare yourself to anybody because it's only there, that kind of thinking. It doesn't make you feel bad about yourself, you know. So don't do it. The minute you start comparing, you say, uh, uh, I'm not doing that. You are you. Be who you are, okay? I, for so long when I first came on here, tried to be everybody because all the, I did run with women smarter than me and I wanted to be like them, but I can't be them. And so I was always trying to be, I'd wear glasses like so-and-so, I was Pam, I was a mess. I wanted to be everybody else, <laughs> never me. Okay, but in the end, God said, you're you, I made you that way, stop fighting it and enjoy. I said, because you know, the devil likes to tell you what's wrong with you. And out of every message, I heard what was wrong with me. That is torment. I'm telling you, don't let the devil do that to you because I was tormented because I am a good person. But, you know, for some reason, I always take the negative. That is such a trick. (laughs) Okay. It says, for this reason, I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. God, I can't see you. Now I'm, my dears are making me crazy. Okay. <clears throat> be rooted and grounded in love. 
may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And then it says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly. Say, I, am, I can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask, Lord, according to the power that works in me. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. And the Spirit say, say, the Spirit of might is in me. I want to do three words here. Might and love and power. That's in us, okay? And it talked, I learned this week, it says, now might means, write this down, God's ability in you. You have the ability to do all things. It's the anointing of God on your life, and it has nothing to do with you. You know, there's gifts. And like I said, I wish I could sing because singing is so much fun. And I, and, but you know what? Sometimes I can sing and I don't need God, and he don't like that. He says he's a jealous God. Can you believe it? So he don't like you to be doing a whole lot of things that you don't need him for. So, you know, sometimes he's got to pull me back. But, you know, singing does bring me joy. <laughs> but he told me one time, you love music more than you love me. That's not good, girls. Music can't be above him ever. Your motive for everything is because you love God more than you love yourself. That's the first thing I tell the kids when it comes to giving. There's a number one reason to give. And we give because we love God. It's an easier sentence to say than really believe and do, too. You can say it all day long. But are you, do you? Are you? He's caught me many times saying, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm in myself doing it because... Because, you know, uh, somebody else is doing it. You know, uh, I, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? Your motive means a whole lot to God. You know, last year they asked uh, my great sister Sandy here, I'll never compare myself with her. Holy moly, never. <laughs> she could preach her socks off. Anyway, <clears throat> to be, uh, what is that called? That word called they ask you, you could be, uh, so you could, uh, Mary and Barry, what's that word? Uh, licensed? Licensed. Do you, do you want to be licensed? They asked Pam and I both, do you, want to, do you want to be licensed? That means that you can go down to the jail. You can't go to the jail without a license, you know. So, yeah, she, she, she hopped right on that, and I was going to hop right on because Sandy was hopping on. I was like, yeah, I can do that. And I got this, you know, I really, act, then I sat down and said, now, Lord, do you really want me to be that? Is it ready? Am I ready yet? Well, can you see me doing a funeral? I don't think so. Not yet. <laughs> So I thought, I'll pray for one more year here. And then when I read the application, there's a few sentences on there. Do you do the, oh, wait till next year, Lord. I might be ready for that one. But right now, I'm the children's pastor. I'm loving it, loving it, loving it. I think that might be where I need to be for the rest of my life till Jesus comes. (sighs) Hallelujah. Don't have to grow up. Okay. Quite frankly, they're down on my level. Have fun and play. I work hard all week, but Sunday's my day to, and teach the word. You could teach it by doing things you like, like being in a drama. You know, I do puppets. You know, I'm thinking, you know, I really, when God called me off the platform, it wasn't a fun time for me. Oh, oh, I'm going over five minutes. Okay. Okay. Well, let me, I, I got it right down here to where I could stay for five, in five minutes. <clears throat> okay. Satan is waging a war of containment. He's always trying to keep us down. Ask yourself, where in my life am I limiting God? Write that down because that was straight from the throne room like I tell my sister. Don't place limits on God. Then in verse 20 where it talks about the power down there where it says, um, 
Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, the power there operates out of love. Okay, out of love, love, agape love. Okay, your reason for doing anything has to be because I love God. You serve out of love. Your motivation should always be out of love for Christ. And always ask, I already did that, okay? You have no power if you are not rooted and grounded in love. And, and root, it says root determines fruit, which we know that. That's in the fruit of the Spirit teaching. You will know them by their fruit, which we're always trying. Every year we should have a little more fruit on our tree, okay? Okay, hallelujah. And, uh, it, and, and sometimes you can have a moment where all the, the fruit just drops right to the ground. It happens sometimes when my granddaughter's playing ball and they yelled at her the wrong way or they, they yelled a foul and it wasn't a foul. And I'm going, I, you know, now I catch myself. I really don't make a total jerk out of myself. Fool, let me just say. Don't be a fool. I get myself under control. But it's, <laughs> anyway, hallelujah. <clears throat> okay, root determines fruit. And if you have trouble with that, you might take my course, The Fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> it's on DVD. It, uh, well, Whatever. It's a good course. It's a good course. Love, it's, it's love. It starts off with agape love and it ends with self-control. You get those two and you got those all in the middle going for you. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> love gives power. Oh, you'll love this girls to get wealth. Uh, uh, don't we all want to be rich? Uh, but for what reason? And what have we been taught at victory? It's to go through us straight to the other person. It's not about us. And we don't start hoarding. And have 18 televisions and all that stuff. Okay? Okay. The ability to get wealth is born out of love. Acts 1.8 says. And if you study Acts 1.8, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Uh, And that power is love, always. You're doing it because you love people. You love people more than you love yourself. Okay? That's my message for today, girls. That's five minutes. I'm up. And we're going to move right on to the next person. Thank you very much. You don't know how hard this is for her. If you give her a microphone, when I travel out of the country, I give her a microphone, she sings. And I'm telling you, she opens the doorway right into the hearts of people for the message to come right behind it. I have recognized to honor gifts because it doesn't matter. I mean, when I go to Mexico, if she is not with me, where's, where's Chris? Or whatever name she's called herself. Sometimes she's Carmen's sister. And so they want to know where she is. I never know who she's going to show up and be. But I do know this, that when she shows up and begins to speak, the Holy Spirit begins to move in people's hearts, to open their hearts. You know, some people uh, just need that joy of God to penetrate into that place that brings life. And so uh, she had said she was trying to decide whether to sing or talk. And I wondered who would win. But I didn't know which one was the Lord for today, but I wondered which one. So, uh, yeah, yeah, and that's the truth. You have to be you and at the leading of the Holy Spirit. I can remember Brother Copeland saying when he came to Tulsa once, because we all love to hear him sing. Oh, Brother Copeland could sing. And uh, he would he'd come, and we'd all wait, and he'd say, I can't sing today. God told me, it's not about singing today. It's about this. So he had to choose, you know. Those gifts are happen whether you're talking or singing because it's the Holy Spirit that's going in and making that way. So would you welcome today, Kelly? Peter. Hallelujah. 
Kelly and Dan are our youth pastors. And uh, the one thing I really appreciate in this church, we have joyful people leading. You know, if there's not a smile and a joy in someone's heart, then there's really not a, very much beyond that to give to people because it opens that door. And so I'm very thankful. Mother of five. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we love your hat. Oh, thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, I got to start out because this always just kind of calms my nerves. I got to tell a kid's story, right? <laughs> so anyways, we were at the Christmas musical at um, Faith or, um, on Thursday night and um, you know, it's Christmas time, so they sing a lot of songs about the baby whom we know to be Jesus, right? So um, they were singing a song, and it was, have you heard the story about a baby boy? And they kept saying, have you heard the story about a baby boy? So Sam, like, leans over to his dad, and he says, he goes, you know, he's whispering, but you know how five-year-olds whisper, hey, Dad, for everybody to hear, do you know the name of that baby boy they're talking about? You know? So, well, then... Later, I was telling Grace, I said, uh, Sam wanted to know the name of the baby boy that they were singing about. And Joe goes, duh, it's baby Moses. <laughs> so I think, that we have, uh, I think that we have corrected them now and they got their baby straight. But anyways, um, yeah. So um, I just want to encourage you guys today that, um, that God sees you and that God loves you and that God is for you. And there's a scripture in 2 Corinthians, it's 2 Corinthians 4, 8, and it says, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. And this scripture just really encouraged me because somebody actually sent sent me a card in the mail just out of the blue, and it had this on here, and they didn't know like anything I was going through or anything, but but I knew, like, when I got this, that, that they sent that, that God, God knows what's going on and that he, he was looking at me. And I went on to read it in um, the New Living Translation because sometimes I just like that translation. But it says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but not crushed and not broken. We are perplexed because we don't know why things happen as they do, but we don't give up and quit because even when it looks like there is no way out, we can find a way because of the glorious power of God within us. We are hunted down, but God never abandons us. We get knocked down, but we get up again, and we keep going. I, I love the way that, that um, that's worded because, you know, the Bible says that we are in this world. We're not of this world, but we are in the world. And in the world, every day, there are troubles, there are cares that try to just get up and surround us. You know, but but we can be of good cheer because the <laughs> victorious, overcoming, living God is inside of us, and we're inside of him. And because he overcame, we overcome. And so it's just like I could just literally, you know, picture the devil just like, you know, out of the blue kind of just sucker punching, you know, like, but have you, how long have you been believing for that? You know, or have you seen, you know, have you seen what, how they're acting? Have you seen what they're doing? Have, you know, all these different scenarios, you know, of things that maybe I've been believing for and the devil's like, yeah, but, you know, and I just take it. Yeah, but, yeah, but, you know what I mean? But, but I am an overcomer. I have the victory. And then I just encourage you guys, like, no matter what you're going through, we know there's going to be troubles because we're in the world. But I encourage you just to press into the word. And because when you press into the word, then that allows you to press forward. And it allows you to begin pushing the devil back and pushing him under where he belongs. Um, we sing the song, all authority, every victory is yours. You know, and, and, and we sing that on Sundays. And I'm just 
you know, it just kind of hit me. It's like you're, you're singing every, all authority, all, um, every victory is yours. But it, we can sing all authority, every victory is mine because, because of Jesus, because he gave it to us and because he's in us and we're in him. And I just want to encourage you, um, this is also in 2 Corinthians, if we go down a little further, and it looks like I had a ton of notes, but I really just write my scriptures out on paper because it just helps me to, like, think about the words as I write them. Um, and anyways, yeah, Sandy asked what the title of the message was, too, and I was like, title, what? And she was like, I, and I looked at all her notes, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. And then she, I was like, title, okay. And I was like, oh, yeah, Toby Mac song. So, because it's in here, we, we may be knocked down, but not out forever, right? So when we get knocked down, we get right back up. Um, but then if we go on to 2 Corinthians 4.18, it says, While we do not look at things which are seen, but, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. So what the devil might be showing you, you might actually be seeing things. You might have heard a report that, you know, that's really out there. But what you're seeing is not the truth because it's subject to change. It can change. The word of God is the truth. So you take your eyes off the circumstances, off the situations, off the reports, and you put your eyes on Jesus and the word because the word can change those things that you're seeing. Okay, let me finish that scripture. Sorry. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal, everlasting. Amen? So I just encourage you guys, like no matter what's going on, especially it seems like Christmas should be the happiest time of the year for people, but it seems like there's a lot of pressures and a lot of weights that try to get on people. So I just encourage you guys, get in the word, find what he's telling you to, to be speaking and to be meditating on, and begin speaking the word, not what you're seeing over the situations. Begin speaking the word and pushing the devil back because he belongs under our feet, right? He does not belong anywhere like around us. He's under us. We have authority over him. So I just encourage you guys, no matter what has gone on, what's going on, what's, and it's going to continue, you know what I mean? Think pressures are going to continue, but you have victory. So take that, take that victory and take that authority. Amen? All right. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, don't all of you start coming to youth instead of staying in the Wednesday night service. Hallelujah. <laughs> My husband goes to children's church and to youth every Sunday, if you're wondering where he is. Second service, he said, boy, I'm telling you, sitting through two services really long. I said, well, welcome to my world for lots of years, buddy. (laughs) But since he's the one sitting there, so he gets up and he wanders and he goes in and he loves the puppets over in children's church. On Wednesday nights, he comes over here and now he's found out there's breakfast club on Sunday mornings. And that's always means food. So you probably don't see, but I don't know if we'll even preach tomorrow's second service because he's got his little trail he takes on Sunday morning. Hallelujah. But we're blessed to have so many young women, women of all ages in this church. I know I could call on a lot of you and you could get right up here and share a word with everybody. I, I pray today that when you hear everybody, you'll be encouraged to start using your gift because you may not be speaking here this morning, but I'm sure God's given you a pulpit somewhere that you can, you know, speak in and be a blessing to somebody. Next, Allison Kent. Allison is our uh, beautiful, beautiful singer, worshiper, lover of God. Hallelujah. And Corey Kent's wife and the mother of three. Come on up here. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Here you go, Love honey. You. Well, Kelly just preached my message. <laughs> I got four books in five minutes. Pray for me. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I was going to take you through a little journey of how, 
how through every storm, through every trial, how God will meet you in every place. I just don't have time for every little thing. Um, but um, the scripture that I felt to bring today was Second Corinthians. Um, Kelly already um, shared that with us, and I'm going to share it out of the uh, Message Bible at the end of the um, message. I'd like to open up with Romans. And Romans 5, and I'm going to be reading out of my Message Bible. It's called Developing Patience. By entering through faith into what God has always wanted to do for us, set us right with him, make us fit for him, we have it all together with God because of our master Jesus. And that's not all. We throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that he has already thrown open his door to us. We find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand, out in the open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. There's more to come. We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience in us and how that that patient in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue, keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. An alert expectancy, an alert expectancy, such as this, we've never left feeling shortchanged, quite the contrary. We can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. I love that version of that verse. Amen. And, um, and, and I, I feel like I have a, a little bit of a right to preach. The, me, the, the message um, that I called it was called, There's Hope. And I feel like I've earned the right to tell you that there is hope. It's been probably one of the most difficult journeys I've ever been on for a year. And it's okay. There's hope. Because the minute we throw open our door to God, he's right there throwing open his door to us. Amen. Pastor Pam, you had a word the other uh, morning. Sorry, I know I was going to cry. It's okay. I can cry and talk at the same time. Um, She had a word about confusion you know when you're in the middle of your storm and in the middle of your trials after a while you just try to figure it out you know I'm done I gotta figure this out I gotta figure out a way out and um she had a word on Sunday two Sundays ago uh after the worship where she said some of you are um, confused and there's a fog and you've been trying to find your way out but the word that she said was to just allow Jesus to walk through the fog that he would come to us amen and that gave me so much strength and hope again. Because after a while, after you get knocked down, you get up. Cool. I'm good. You get knocked down. You get back up. Cool. I'm good. And you do it again and again. And um, after a while, words like that just come at such an amazing time to keep you from getting up. Just like Pastor Kelly just preached. To keep getting up. Because there's hope. There's hope. Amen. Um, when we lost Jude... That was a knockdown. We released him. And then I lost my job. No problem. I think I had a bit of naive faith because I thought, oh, well, God knows more than I do. You know, it was a hard thing to give up. I was going to go to third grade. Thank God Lori hears from God to come with me. And, um, and I think naively I just felt like, oh, God must know more about this because maybe he knows it's going to be easier for me. <laughs> Um, and I just really like, and that, and then, so after that disappointment, when August came and went and August and September, I think were really difficult, um, because 
I realized that it wasn't what I thought it was. Another huge disappointment for me. Um, because everywhere that I turned, I was failing. I was failing at school. And because I was failing at school, I was failing at home. I wasn't, I was at school two o'clock in the morning every night, couldn't give my family what they needed, failing as a wife, failing as a mother, um, and then had to give up worship for a season. Failed at that, couldn't continue to do that any longer. So everywhere I looked, I felt like this wasn't it. God, how did I miss you? I remember at one of my low points of <laughs> being in Pastor Pam's office and saying, oh man, I've, I've just given it all up. Like, I, like I, Isaac, like Abraham had to give up Isaac on the altar. I've given everything up. Because at the end of the day, God knows I'll always be obedient to anything he's called me to do. He knows he has my heart and my obedience to the death. And to the death I'll go if I need to. And he knows that. But I said to her that day, I said, I've, I've put Isaac on the altar. And, you know, I've given up everything, essentially. And now I need the ram. And now I need the ram. And I've been waiting for it. But, you know, I was searching for the ram with my natural eyes. I was um, looking for the answers in ways that I could figure out. Like, he's going to get me out of this job. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> or, he's, you know, he's going to give me something else. Or he's going to make a way out of this. And when that didn't happen, I didn't think there was a ram. But there is. There's grace for every day. And when, when Sarah and Caleb came that fall... Um, at a real low point for me, um, Caleb, I think, was the one who said, God makes your um, availability capable. He makes your available capable. And at that time, I determined in my heart that I would get up every morning, and I would sing praises, and I would go to school and do the things that he set before me, and do them, and do them with grace and with joy. And I love, and I don't mean to, I I really love my 25 little third graders, we are tight. We have a blast. I am not sure how much they're learning, but we, we are having really a good time. <laughs> I step thing scares me a little because I got to get these little guys to pass it. Um, but, um, but God will give me the grace because he told me it, he will make my available capable. So I just need to do what's set before me and that there is hope. You know, when um, Sandy asked me to share this morning, I thought, oh God, I'm not ready to share because the end of my testimony isn't here yet. But God told me right there, there's hope. Share that there's hope. There's hope. There's hope. There's hope. Do you receive today? I want to end with, um, um, how, what's my time? I have no idea. Oh, okay. Um, post-it notes. I was going to take you through all the journeys that God, God is so good. It was like every time I, I had turned around, I felt knocked down. There was a message just for me. Pastor Pam even apologized to me. She goes, I know you think I'm preaching for you. It's just what God gave me. I'm sorry. It's all good. I have it all right here, all the blue stickers. Uh, this is 2 Corinthians four sixteen through 18. So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart on us, on the inside where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. There is far more than meets the eye. The good things we um, see are here today, gone tomorrow, but the things that we can't see now will last forever. Amen?
Hallelujah. Well, you know, whatever we give up and let go of, God has a purpose in that. He does. And, uh, you know, with the enemy is the one who kills, steals, and destroys. But God always has a great rescue plan. And uh, I don't think there's a person in here today that isn't or hasn't walked through things where you want to leave. But God doesn't exit people until they have the victory. So sorry. We'll move on. Sandy, I'll have a better word. <laughs> Sandy Marshall, my right hand. <laughs> Give Sandy a hand. Hallelujah. When Sandy came here, you know, uh, it was an experience for me. I, I learned uh, to obey the Holy Spirit and speak words that really uh, sometimes I thought, gosh, I don't even want to have to say this. But they were words that really cut through um, all the things the enemy wanted to hold her in. You know, he loves to hold women in self-pity and doubt and unbelief and I can't do it and I'll never make it and all that stuff. And uh, and I watched God change Sandy inside and out. And now, you know, I if you ever hear me say you need to talk to Sandy, people think, well, why can't we talk to you? Because God raised Sandy up. Sandy will say what I say. I'm just telling you. And add a little more to it. Hallelujah. <laughs> and uh, which is good. And, uh, and, and I'm believing f- for all of you to do that, not because I'm somebody, but because I know the word that I'm telling you is the only way to freedom. And so I thank God for Sandy and others, but especially this morning for Sandy uh, to share this word. Hallelujah. I'm not going to say what it is because it might have (laughs) changed. Well, Chris and Kelly and I were sitting here saying, can we all go three up, all three of us go up at the same time? We all went back to the bathroom. (laughs) I said, I went back there to go to the restroom and Chris was back there. (laughs) I said, if they wonder where we are, somebody will find out we're in the restroom. (laughs) Um, I just, uh, oh, Allie, I don't even know how to, gosh, I don't even know how to go from there. And I don't even know if this is going to bless you. <laughs> but I really know that this is the Lord. Um, and the things that he's been doing with me is, you know, I like to have it all detail, outline. You know, I don't, you know, he, he gives me the flavor of it. And then he doesn't, uh, he just does it when I'm up here. Uh, that It's been really hard this year to just, you know, trust him at that moment to have what he wants me to, to, to get to share with people. But um, I believe that he wants us to look at our trials differently. Um, and that this is just, I haven't really invested enough time in this to get the full value of it. But um, uh, the word that he gave me is to excel or abound in giving, in the grace of giving, in the grace of giving. And um, so I'm going to uh, start with uh, um, a scripture that's just going to say, yay, I can hardly wait to hear what the rest of it is. Um, and um, I have a present that's coming to me, <laughs> and um, I'm going to read this. This scripture is uh, in James. It says, "Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tra- tests and challenges come to you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows the true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely." Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get his help and won't be condescended to when you ask for it. Ask boldly, believingly, without a second thought. People who worry their prayers are like wind-whipped waves. Don't think you're going to get anything from the Master that way. And so this is life. Okay, (laughs) I don't want you to think that the trials, this is a trial for me. 
okay? It's, it's really rat pretty, but <laughs> it is a trial. And I don't want you to think that God brings the trials. The trials come from life. The Bible says that we all will endure trials. It's part of being in this world. And, you know, I, I, we talk about this in care group all the time. We just want to get out of that. You know, we would, okay, pray me out, pray me out, pray me out, pray me there, <laughs> pray the miracle, whatever, you know. And so after a period of time, we, we've come to the conclusion that we need to take advantage of the trials. But, and this morning, I woke up at 5.30. God woke me up at 5.30, and I said, oh, I don't want to get up. But I got up. <laughs> and it took all the time to getting here to do this, because this is not my gift, <laughs> you know, to to do visuals. And Brad says, you've got five minutes and you're having, you're, you're going to have a visual. And I go, yes, I think that maybe they'll remember it. You know, they won't remember my words, but they'll remember the visual. This little package here attached to this is, I might need your help, Chris. May have to dig find it. <laughs> okay. This comes with a package as believers. Joy, his strength. Power, grace, his presence, his word. See, we don't just get the trial and have nothing to go with it. He will supply. The, the word supply means he defrays the cost. He will supply what you need in the trial. He knows that we're going to go through the trial, but he's going to supply in that trial what it is that we're going to need. And, and in 2 Corinthians, I encourage you to study 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, because um, I, like Allie, could, you know, we need to come back for, uh, let, for two. Um, women's breakfast, tea, two. <laughs> and then we can do the second page of the message, because it's so much, there's so much in here. But I wanted to encourage you, there's a scripture in Second uh, Corinthians eight and nine, both of those both of those uh, passages are talking about the giving, a giving, and this is the this is the season for giving. And uh, when I was studying this, it was talking about um, this is my encouragement to you. It says, um, "Okay, am I on the right page?" It says, "Therefore." I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. How many times in trials do we kind of, you know, we get, we get begrudging, you know. And, and when you are staying connected to the Lord, you're, you're, what, what is going to come from you is going to be that sweet fragrance of Jesus and, and, you know, that's the way the world is going to know that we're different than people in the world that are going through trials. We've connected to a source that is life-giving, life-giving to us and life-giving to others. And that's kind of what the whole, the whole message of what God has unfolded to me is that we consider this a sheer gift when we encounter trials. And inside, inside this package is this is my gift back to God. I'm going to give him my faith, my love, my confidence, my hope, and my trust. And, and he's already given me his gift, okay? Life gave me a trial. He gave me the power, the grace, his word, his presence. That's his gift to me. And then I give a gift back to him, my trust, my confidence, my hope, my faith, 
and, and I'm going to stay in the game until he completes the work. And then um, in, in uh, that, that uh, scripture in, in, uh, first, in 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, it says, first they gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. So because I have given my trust, my confidence, my faith, my hope, everything that I am to the Lord, then what I get out of the trial is buku. Okay? This is what I give back to others. I want to read them. Um. <laughs> Too many props. <laughs> I told you. This is not this is not me props. I have Brad, you know. Elizabeth has John help her. He's gotta go to work and I'm laminating this morning. <laughs> he says, Honey, do you know what time the breakfast is? I said, I can't help it. I just got it. Hot off the press from God. <laughs> and hopefully it's not not so jumbled that you can remember. Okay, this gift wrap package labeled trial with the ti- with the trial that life provides. God will provide me his presence, his grace, his power, and his joy, which is his strength. And then I have to choose to open the gift that life has given me. I have to choose to receive the gift and go through the trial, giving God the gift of trust, faith, love. Then I can give gifts to others, faith, hope, love, wisdom, victory, encouragement, character, maturity, stability, peace, strength, testimony, it's the fruit of my investment in the trial. And, and then I leave a legacy. I leave a legacy for my family, my spiritual, the next generation, my family and, and my spiritual family. And then I can, this is, this is huge, girls. Then I can give back to God a life that can be entrusted with people. And I can experience a life that is stable and not moved by circumstance, and I can become a tree that others can rest in and under when their lives are being built and restored. And I can know the blessing of the fruit to the account, to my account, and hear God say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. This is my child in whom I am well pleased. And know the joy unspeakable because I've come to know the Lord in a deeper, more intimate way. Um, I thought it was so neat because Brad, um, I forget what night it was. Um, what is today? Saturday. <laughs> it must have been Thursday night. He put on the ultimate gift. And I sleep through movies, you know. So I told him last night, I said, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to watch this again because it was speaking to me the message that God was giving me to share. And he, and, and he, wouldn't, let me, he wouldn't let me sit in the chair because I always go to sleep in the chair in the, in the one that kicks out, you know. <laughs> and so um, he said, you've got to sit over there. And, but then I still fell asleep. So he had to rewind a couple places. He'd go, hey, hey, you wake over there. <laughs> and I love it. How many of you have seen the ultimate gift? You know, what happens at the end? He's given the wealth. You know, what, $3 billion or something like that? But, you know, he wasn't even about the money by the time he got to that point. And look at what God did. It's the same thing he does with us. He totally changes us from the inside out. But think, this is huge, girls. If we can look at our trials as this is an opportunity for me to give, this is an opportunity. And what we give back to God 
you know, that he can use our lives. And the ultimate gift is knowing him. Paul said, I consider it all as loss as to knowing him. And so if you see your gifts, your, your trials as a gift, you know, instead of the way that we normally look at it, we see it as a gift. Life has given us, but God is right there. Just like that package that was attached to it. He says, yep, you've got this trial, but look, I got all this stuff that's coming with it. That's going to supply what you need to get through it. But then I have to give back to him. And then because I give back to him, then I can give out to others. And then so I am developing as a, as a, a, a vessel that God can use to minister to others. And that's what it's all about. If we make it about him and someone else in our trials, look at what we have to give. And I, I just think it's huge. But in this package is, guess what? Another trial. <laughs> You know why? Because you've made yourself a vessel that is fit for the next thing that comes. If we think that, that we're going to come to the end of this trial and everything is going to be okay, as Pastor Pam said, she, you know, I, I'm so thankful for my pastors. I don't know where my life would be today. Um, I am so thankful to be, I still have challenges, but they don't knock me over like they used to. And, and you know, you go from level to level, so the challenges get more challenging. But I know where to go. And, and God gives me what I need to go through that. And we, we live in a world that is going to be, we're going to have hysterically fearful people. We're going to have people, and just imagine God saying, oh, I can use Kelly, you know, because she took that trial. As scripture in 1 Corinthians that I read in 15 says, I'm not going to waste this grace that God has given me. I'm not going to waste this life that God has given me. All the tools that he's given me to be an overcomer, and I'm not going to keep it to myself. You know, I'm going to use it for his glory. So if you th- think of your trials now, if you, you change your thinking, because I had that down, we got to change our attitude, our mind, our thoughts, how we per- perceive them, how we foresee them, how we go through them. You know, instead of grumbling and complaining every day, you, you just have to count it joy. C- consider it a sheer gift. That is incredible. And think about what God can use us for. Consider it a sheer gift. So I want to encourage you, you know, that to, pre- to prepare yourself to be that vessel that God can use. Use that trial that you're in right now and turn it around and use it for his glory. You know, give to him your trust and your confidence. And, and he's already provided what you need to get through it victoriously. And even while you're going through it, you can minister to others. That helps. It keeps that oil going (laughs) and the grace and the joy and, you know, and it's out of your poverty. Jesus demonstrated it to us. He gave, he totally emptied himself. He didn't have anything to give. He had to trust too. He had to trust to give. He demonstrated it so that we would know that we can do it. A man in the flesh. And so our trials are going to be effective for the kingdom of God. And we are all going to be those vessels that God can entrust people to. That's what his heart is about. That's his treasure. God bless. <laughs> Good word, Sandy. You know, if you can just, I, I just want to share a final word here. If you can, can you hold just for a couple minutes? I know we've, we've gone longer than usual, but um, I thank God for all these gifts. But I, I really believe that um, all of this culminates with this. Mary was a young woman who was given a gift, but it was a huge trial. Huge. Huge if you read it. She was young. She was a teenager. 
She was going to get married. She was excited. And God said, you are highly favored. Well, you know, if you just think about that, you know, you're highly favored means you're going to carry the son of God. That was a highly favored thing. But the cost of that, the trial of that for nine months would have been a huge thing for a young woman that age. When I think about Annabelle now and, and Rachel 17, but you know, Mary was young, maybe 15, 16, 14. I don't know the age, but, but that would be a huge event. And to have somebody say you're highly favored is just like what Sandy said here, take this, take this trial, but with it will come the enablement to walk it out. I mean, I would never ride a donkey nine months pregnant. Somebody would have to get a bus or something. I mean, everybody say grace. And I remember back about the time Allison got the job situation, uh, situation. Um, it was God. He said this to me. If you do not embrace what comes in your life, you will have no grace to get through it. And I've learned as old as I am now, that God never delivers people out of anything till they get the victory. He does not. That's not the way of escape. And it says he'll provide, but the way of escape is to go through it. There is no other way. And to go through it till all of you dies. And, you know, um, you know, I have cried a, I mean, heaven only knows how many tears are in my bucket for the last 30 years that I've been saved. And there's times I want to rescue all of you uh, or rescue, especially the younger women. But it's like God says to me, no, if you do that, it's like that chicken you try to hatch before it's time. And I've seen that when I worked in that, that medical school out there. They took me down and showed me what a chicken looks like if you get it out of the egg too fast. It is not a pretty sight. And, you know, they never live fully. I mean, they can't live fully because they're missing parts. And, and so, you know, it's hard sometimes to watch people go through things. But I also know from my own life, you never stop going through those things. And the things that are coming into the earth are going to be things that only the grace of God is going to get people through. We're not going to have an answer. Like, uh, you know, I've been where Allie is trying to find answers, ways of escape to get out of things that were to me, very great hardships. But this is what I saw. I was in South Bend preaching the other night to just a small group of women, and God gave me this message for them. It was about um, uh, don't call to mind the former things. And I say that to all of you. Do not call to mind the former things. You know, when I was married, the first time I was married, I had a beautiful home. I had lots of things. To this day, I still don't have those things in my house, but I have much greater things in my house. Much greater things. God made me give all those things away. He told me, leave all those things behind. And, you know, when we're talking about wealth and riches, when I stand in the pulpit and talk about that, I'm not talking about accumulation for myself. I already had to give all that away once with three children and no way to get it back and get in a U-Haul with just beds and take my children across country. I already had to do that. So when I talk wealth and riches, see, don't call to mind the former things. He showed me that the, the... the older people recalled the temple of Solomon. But when God restored, it was never that luxurious, beautiful temple with all the stuff that that temple had. But what he restored with was Jesus. And the temple became people. And I want to tell you, none of us look as good as Solomon's temple, I'm sure. Hallelujah, <laughs> with all our jewels on. But in God's sight, this is the most beautiful. 
This is the most beautiful because he lives there. But there was a price a young woman paid to carry the son of God. And God gave me just these three things. And if I can find it here, Elizabeth was with me. Which message is this? I've got all kinds of messages in my Bible. I might preach you tomorrow's if I get on the wrong page. Hallelujah. But it was, uh, it, what it, there were, there were, it's a story in, just turn to Luke. I don't have any of my notes, but I, but I know what it says. It's Luke 1. And it says in Luke 1, that the angel came, and first the angel said, do not be afraid, you've found favor with God. The first thing that happens, anything God gives you to do is fear, because you will never be able to do it. And so you might as well just say, I can't do it, and therefore I have to go by faith, because fear will eat me if I don't, okay? Then, then he said, behold, you will conceive in your womb. Now, these are impossible things, and bring forth a son, and you'll call him Jesus. I mean, she's a young woman. What is this all about? What does this have to do with her life and being a mom and, and being all these things? I mean, she was ordained to go all the way to the cross, all the way to the cross. This was not going to be an exciting venture all the time. It was not going to be. And it says, then the Holy Spirit told her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will come over you. And the Holy One who is born of you will call the Son of God. You know, she had to believe that this was really God. Well, you know, if I saw an angel and they told me all this, I probably would believe it was not me <laughs> for sure. So my other two things would be God or the devil, and the devil ain't going to send the child of promise, not the Messiah. So it says, indeed, and then he gave her this. Indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was barren. He stuck Elizabeth in here. I never caught this till I was going to South Bend to share. For with God, nothing will be impossible. He gave her another example of somebody else that she knew it was impossible for her to have a baby. So he gave her another visual of something besides herself to connect to that she could see the impossibility had now become possible. And it was a relative. It was somebody that she knew, somebody close. And then it says, this is what she said after that explanation. Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. That's the hardest thing to walking through a trial. And the word of God is not the trial. It's the promise of getting you through. But you can't call to mind any of the former things because nothing in your history is going to cause you to want to go there. You have to trust what God's saying right there, right then, that moment that he is in it with you. And then it says, she went to Elizabeth and God said to me, you have to receive, you have to believe, you have to receive, believe, receive. Number, uh, number three, you have to get in agreement with somebody. And this is critical. Um, you have to find someone who will encourage you and not tell you, you poor thing. Now, you know, like Lori said the other day uh, in her message, she didn't complain at school about what she was doing, but she went home and she cried. You know, all of you can cry. I mean, the bathroom is a great place to cry. I've cried lots in the bathroom all over the years. You know, I've cried. I've cried on Sunday morning in the bathroom before I came out because the devil would send somebody to say something to me that would try to knock me down right before I preach. You know, I, I can't come out in the pulpit and say, oh, you guys need to pray for me today, dear Jesus. I'm telling you, they've been beating me up in the back room before I got here. <laughs> and then I've had people say, well, we don't understand why you don't have time to do this right before you preach. Because people don't understand what's all happening in the spirit. And, and, and you have to walk with grace and dignity. And, you know, you have to, well, you better find somebody. Which this is, I, I never saw this before, but it was like God said to me, I sent her to somebody who could agree with her. 
And she became for Elizabeth, and Elizabeth became for her the encouragement to go through. Because it says Elizabeth's baby leaped in her womb. So she knew that who she had (laughs) was a miracle, and Mary knew that what she had was a miracle. And it says, and so she stayed there. She stayed there. Why'd she stay there? Because with Mary and Elizabeth, there was agreement that this is something that God has us to go through. I'm telling you, Elizabeth was old when she had that baby. You know, if I piped up today and and you came in and Miriam comes in and says, guess what, I'm pregnant and Rich is fainted at home. (laughs) But I told him it's just a child of God. Don't worry about it. All right. You know. I mean, and, and you know, you, you, the doctors are all going, we need a test. We need to do some tests to make sure this baby be all, you know, all these things that medical knowledge, and, and it supersedes all of that. It, it goes beyond understanding. And so in, the, in this situation, it says, her baby leaped in her womb, so she said to Mary, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. So what she was saying is, you know, God is doing this. And then it says, But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. There's a story in Hezekiah when the enemy threatens, and he threatened Hezekiah and he threatened his people. And the thing that Hezekiah tore his clothes and began to weep over, he said, the children have come to time of birth and there's no strength to deliver. No strength to deliver. All of us that have had a baby know uh, it is, you know, when they say push, they're not kidding. And you want to push, amen? But there is, it takes strength to deliver what God has given. The joy of the Lord is your strength. There will never be anything in your life, and I've lived long enough now to say this, no person, no victory, no anything that will ever bring you the joy that Jesus brings. He has to be the lover of your soul. And, and, and it's a process. And, and all of you are in different processes, all of you in your walk. But I can encourage you today that until you get the joy, you are, you are headed for a real disaster. And it's the joy that is Jesus. I mean, it, it's, it's just knowing that he loves you so much that there is purpose in everything, and life is going to hand you a bucket full of things. But it says, Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. It doesn't say, you know, for any other joy, because the joy of you and me being able to live eternally with his father because he loved his father, the joy of that caused him to go to Calvary. And it's only the joy. Everybody say the joy. The joy, that's right, Grace, the joy. Jesus, Jesus has to be your joy. Nothing else in your life. And I have found all those trials are to take out of me. All those trials are those things that take out of me, me, and make him so big. But in him being so big is where I find my refuge for every day. And so it all works together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I, I say this today because the trials that are coming are going to be big. They are going to be big. But if there's nothing of us and a whole lot of him, the joy 
of who we are in the earth for Christ is what's going to take us to the end of this race. And uh, I, I encourage all of you, don't be discouraged with what you're facing. Because I, I know, I mean, I, 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 hear, I hear people preaching that I've known a long time. And uh, if we're not careful, we'll become very sin conscious. We'll become very, uh, like, like the, the person that becomes always hears negative, like Chris said. God doesn't want us to hear negative. He wants to hear positive. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. There is no weapon formed against you that will prosper. And any tongue that rises up against me is judged in the name of Jesus because it's the righteousness of God that lives on the inside of me that gives me that position. So I encourage all of you today. We are are in a season where we get to be the light of the world, truly the light of the world. And uh, when I looked at Mary's life and God gave me that, it was the first time I saw how important it is for us to have relationships with people that will say to us, you will make it. You are going to make it. And uh, Sandy is the fruit of times when I didn't want to say, <laughs> that's not God. And a few times, you know, she, I know she left crying. I went home and cried because I thought the poor thing, how's she ever going to make it? But God never let me say that. Why? Because every trial will bring you victory. Every trial will do exactly what this message was that she ended right here. And so I just encourage you, when you think about Mary, I want all of you to pray and ask God, who am I supposed to be talking to? Because this is critical to your life. Who are you listening to? Mary was put with Elizabeth for a purpose. And I believe every one of you will have somebody that you know we are not an island. I'm ministering to too many people right now who think they're an island, who think they heard God, that are way off somewhere in the wilderness and they're hard to get back because they thought they could isolate and be better when you're dealing with the miraculous you have to have somebody alongside you who says this is the way it is and we'll say that to you amen and so mary had elizabeth and when she finally left there is when she went to deliver i believe they were strengthened together in the power of the lord this is not a day to be living in a dead place this is a day to find people who are alive Get connected, hold on fast, and begin to speak the word of God with everything in you. Because we're about to deliver. We are about to deliver in this nation, in this world, something mighty and spectacular from God. Amen. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. He got the victory. We have the victory. Just like that song. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over every person here. I thank you that every word that they have heard, I believe every person here recognizes that that God is moving in their life because there's not a person here today who's not in some arena of their life having to forge through a place that they've not been before, not wanted to be in, maybe have situations and circumstances with other people that they've not known how to handle. And I thank you, Father, that we are going from victory to victory. We are women of faith in this church. We are women of faith in this room today. There are women of faith who will listen to this CD and people who have maybe given up, maybe wanted to quit, maybe had things happen in their life like were shared here today. And certainly, Lord, those things are enough to cause us to want to sit down and give up. But I pray today that every word that was shared here was like an Elizabeth word, was like Elizabeth's word when Mary walked in, that the Holy Spirit today has leapt on the inside of them and come alive and said, your thing that God has put in your heart is just as important to God as Jesus 
was in the womb of Mary, as John the Baptist was in the womb of Elizabeth. And every one of those things that they're being prepared for is a place of dignity and honor, of respect, and that they are truly like the woman in Proverbs 31, that they are multi-gifted. They are gifted to be whatever you've called them to be, and they are spectacular in what they are gifted in because their focus is on the joy that is set before them, and that is the joy of Jesus, the joy of knowing that they will hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. And I pray over them. I bind the devil. I bind weaknesses and lies. I bind thoughts that were that are against them, that have caused them to compare themselves or cause them to say, you know, I, it's just over for me or I don't think I can go on or any of those thoughts. I bind those up in the name of Jesus. And I speak to you today. You are mighty in God. You are mighty to walk in the power and the anointing of the Most High in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, go and be blessed. I believe we're people of destiny, amen, for such a time as this. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Allison. And, and who else was it? I'm sorry, my mind is going. Kelly, over here. I couldn't see her. And Kelly, thank you, Lord, for everybody who shared. Amen.